0: Hello and welcome to This Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an endo warrior, an endo health coach and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them i don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top which is um what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing so um i would love to do that but um i don't have a bath so i can't but if you have a bath um then you know i think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain so if you'd like to check them out you can go to bu which is buonline.co.uk And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods, to Originally, their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me, sent me them when, I, when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called The Daily. And it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down. And it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, It's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar if your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body so we need to work on that work on your gut and mine has impo- mine has improved massively but i still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said Blood sugar is a huge piece to manage in your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their, their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Okay, so on today's episode, we have some returning guests, my friends and co-founders of Semaine, Lauren and Catherine Lee. If you haven't listened to my first episode with them, gosh, it was ages ago, like three years ago, um, I really recommend you check out that episode uh, to hear their endometriosis stories and all about founding supplement company Samane. But let's do a quick recap for those of you who aren't familiar. So if you want to just dive into the episode now, like this episode today, you can. So, Catherine and Lauren started Sumane Health several years ago to address period pain and hormonal imbalances with plant based science backed supplements. After decades of painful periods and suffering from stage two and stage four endometriosis, Catherine and Lauren created the solution they were looking for a plant based anti inflammatory supplement to help lessen their pain while supporting their overall health. And I can say that my clients love. Semaine. So I, so many of my clients use Semaine, Um, and I have just seen it work time and time and again. So obviously I'm a big fan. CAF and La are driven by the desire to empower other women who have experienced pain and discomfort, who are really looking for answers rather than being dismissed or told their symptoms are normal. With Semaine health, they really want to shift how hormones and women's health in general are discussed. Pain might be common at different stages in our lives from, you know, our first period through to menopause, but it should never be normalized. In this episode, we're talking about one of the fairly new products, Urinary Cleanse and Protect. Um, And I talk about the reasons why we are talking about this today. Um, It's not a promotion in any way. I am genuinely incredibly passionate about this product because of my own experience with Um, chronic embedded UTI. So in today's episode, we are discussing the ingredients in the Urine Cleanse and Protect and how they compare to other UTI treatments on the market and in the research, how effective these ingredients are for clearing UTIs and the evidence and trials demonstrating this, the problem of biofilms within the IC and UTI community and whether their products can help to address that issue. feedback that they've had so far from the IC and endo community, and how someone with recurrent UTIs, chronic UTIs, and IC best use this supplement. This is a really important conversation because we know that so many people with endometriosis struggle with interstitial cystitis and chronic uh, UTIs. So this is not just a helpful conversation for people who struggle with UTIs in general, but for our endo community overall. I've seen it work really well personally for me with my bladder pain. And so I wanted to dive in with Kath and Law about how it could benefit others experiencing the same. I want to actually make it clear before we start that this episode is not, I mean, I always say that it's sponsored by Simone because I'm an affiliate, but this episode like in itself is not sponsored by you guys and you haven't asked to come on. I asked you to come on. So I just want to make that really clear that I was just really so excited about this this product your urinary cleanse and protect and um obviously I have interstitial cystitis so I think you guys sent it to me it was kind of a surprise I think it just I, I got it like either with a purchase that I made and it came with that or you guys sent it to me I can't quite remember but I took that and I really didn't expect anything to happen because obviously having interstitial cystitis it's not as kind of simple as well having a uti is not simple but you know it's, it's very complex there's usually multiple layers um mm-hmm. but i was like okay well i'm gonna try it anyway and a couple weeks in i mean obviously i had a i had a month's supply so it probably was about two weeks in i was like oh i didn't even realize i was like why my bladder pain feels better this this month like oh I, that's that? so good and that's you know amazing. and then and then I realized, and I went through that whole month, but I still kind of thought, mm, is could this be a blip? And I can't remember whether it was before I took that or afterwards, but I did the microgen diagnostics, like really advanced test for embedded and hidden UTIs, um, because anyone who's listening, a lot of the standard UTI tests, only they test for about three of the most common um, mm-hmm. UTIs, and also a lot of them don't send like the samples to be cultured so you don't always get the most accurate test so i did this advanced test it's it's the most advanced uti test that we have at the moment well it tests your microbiome it's not a it's not a uti test but it will look at the microbiome in your bladder and and pick up if there are any infections um so i've got two embedded kind of hidden utis um and one of them is the hardest one to treat, apparently, like on the planet. Yay. <laughs> um, and what's really frustrating is that I, one of them comes from catheters. And I had a catheter in for three mm-hmm. weeks when I was 17, when I broke my spine. So, um, and it's just from a catheter that's not being cleaned properly. So, um, okay. and that's when my, my first IC symptoms began. So that's really frustrating because it's been nearly like, nearly 20 years um and it's just kind of got progressively worse so definitely like i at some point in this kind of journey i was like oh okay so there are utis there um you know alongside the nervous system dysregulation and the pelvic pain uh, the pelvic dysfunction and things like that so i was looking at your um research which i'm gonna ask you about so i won't (laughs) kind of I won't talk about it, but I was like, okay, this is really interesting. I'm just going to give it a go because I don't, my UTIs require very specialist treatment and I can't afford to see a private doctor at the moment. The NHS are just going to give me standard antibiotics for like a week. And that's not Mm going to, that's not going to do it. I've had those many times. Um, so I don't have at the moment the resources to pay for that kind of help. So I was like, I'm just going to give this a go. And I kind of followed um, one of the the studies on your website of like three months. So I bought mm-hmm. three months worth and I'm about to, actually, I think I started the three months, the third month today. And about a month in, um, I saw a dramatic difference. And the only thing that I've had, I've tried so much so much and the only thing that i've had um a big difference with was uh the aloe vera by desert harvest um mm. which is kind of designed to help rebuild the bladder wall it does have some uti uh some um antimicrobial properties to a degree but mm-hmm. the main thing is that it's like symptom reduction and rebuilding the bladder lining um and you know i've been in Until I started the aloe vera supplements, which I'm not taking at the moment. So I'm not, I'm not taking anything for the bladder except for your, your, um, supplement. Um, other than the aloe vera in the past, like four years, nothing has moved the needle on this pain. And up until the aloe vera, which I think I tried last year, Um, And that kind of calmed it down to like a lower baseline. Prior to that, it was like a level nine, level eight, level 10, all the time, like 24 hours a day. There was never a moment when I didn't have extreme pain. And, you know, I went for about two years when I was like some nights I wasn't sleeping, like I wasn't getting a minute's sleep. Like, and it, you know, I would have like, I was talking to Jessica Drummond at one point and I was like, I haven't slept in four days. Like, I oh. don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> you know, and this, and it was really, really extreme for like two to three years. And then I found that I tried the aloe vera and that kind of took the the pain scale down. I'm never pain free, but it took the pain scale down to like a manageable level for the most part. Um, there were some nights when it would kind of increase, but for the most part, it took it down. Um, and Nothing else has been able to do that until I started your supplement. And what's wild to me is that I have, I can't remember the name of the, the, um, the bacteria that I have off the top of my head, but I have very kind of advanced, like very difficult to treat bacteria and UTIs that, Mm -hmm. I mean, one of them for sure we know has been around since I was 17. So these are like really difficult things to treat and, To have this level, I mean, right now, if I kind of feel into my bladder, I think I'm probably at, I don't know, level two, level three. Oh, amazing. wow. So it's just like, so that's why I was like, I need to have you on (laughs) to talk about this. So like, you know. Yeah. Like I said, this isn't because you guys have asked to come on. It's not even Mm -hmm. like that much of a new supplement now. Like you've, you've had it, you've had other launches since, so it's not like Mm -hmm. you're trying to come on and promote. So I just want people (laughs) listening to know that I'm just like, I know other people on, you know, listening have interstitial cystitis we know that 80 percent of people with endo uh, you know from the research have interstitial cystitis this isn't marketed as an ic supplement it's marketed as a uti supplement but like there's something here that's really really helping so i just wanted to bring you on and, and talk about it because you guys are doing some kind of voodoo magic Like, <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Jessica,
1: thank you so much your story just like Oh, it feels, it feels really profound whenever anybody shares that and, and, and being able to, to help in any way with our supplements, that is the, the reason we started. And as you know, as we're all Indo warriors, like having experienced our own chronic pain and um, yeah, just not finding answers or solutions and you're trying everything, we know the sense of relief. Um, that you get when you finally find something that actually is going to work for you. So that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that too. that and, and for having us on. We are so excited yes. to be here. And yeah, it doesn't matter that this isn't a new product. It's still the, I mean, all of our products, like m- the PMS and period support, which has been around since 2020, and I've been taking it since 2018. Oh, I. Wow. It's still it's still my lifesaver. Like I tell everybody, if Semaine had to close tomorrow, I would still make Matt my husband and our scientist and formulator I'd be like you you still have to make this for me (laughs) (laughs) forever and ever because yeah it's once you find something that that really changes the quality of your life I mean that's that's everything
0: yeah absolutely I mean you've just kind of talked about your your first supplement so We've ha- we've got a whole interview about you guys starting Semaine and your um your initial supplement the PMS and period support. But could you kind of give us a quick intro to who you are and and you know what you do and what Samin's all about, and then we'll dive into this. Wonder supplement that I will <laughs> worship for the rest of my days.
1: <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yes, we would love to. So um I'm Lauren and Catherine is the other voice that you hear. We are twin sisters, Hello. uh both Indo <laughs> both warriors too. I had have stage four indo, um, and Kath has stage two, but as we know, the stages don't necessarily correlate with anything. It's up mine was very deep infiltrating. Um, we even though we're identical twin sisters, we had different experiences with endo um, and had sort of grappled with some of the same symptoms, but also had different ones um, and have always had super painful periods since we were teenagers. Um, Our endometriosis wasn't diagnosed until we were 30. So it took about 15 years. Um, And uh, since then, um, we've both been lucky enough to have really good excision surgery, which really, really helped diminish a lot of the pain. But of course the pain isn't gone. It isn't cured. It doesn't go away. Um, and my pain levels sort of like five level five, five years out of the surgery, were starting to come back. And, um, that's when we thought about like, what are other ways we can address our pain points and sort of a natural way that wouldn't hurt us. And, um, Luckily, I'm married to a research scientist. So Matt was the one who was like, there's been actually really good clinical studies on plant extracts and minerals that help with endometrial pain and um, dysmenorrhea. And so he was like, we're going to just try those. And I thought it was really cute and sweet because he knew I love plant-based things. But I was like, I think for my endo pain, I'm going to need just the drugs. So <laughs> I love the idea, but we'll see. And um, then we, uh, Matt started mixing together different formulations with like curcumin and green tea catechins and resveratrol. And that that was the result of our our first product. And when I took it for the first time in 2018, I had a pain-free period, which had never happened before. And that was definitely how Semaine was born. Um, we were like that we we know so many other people who are going through this. We have to make sure, even if it only works for half of the people, um, like it did for us, we've got to make sure this is out there. and and that's how it started with that PMS and period support, which, as I say, is still my huge lifesaver. And um since then, we've expanded and sort of covered more of the depth and breadth of of um women, women presenting, um, health issues, you know, across every stage of life, whether it's hot flashes with menopause or brain fog. Um, and now we have a pre and probiotic um, and as well as our urinary tract and cleanse and protect. We really wanted to target every single issue that people face on their life journeys that are often considered taboo or they're just not addressed very much by big pharma or the medical industry.
2: Yeah, I think our ethos really is When we started out with our our, our PMS and period support, like we were talking about before we started recording, uh, we thought we were going to be like a period company focused on periods. Um, But we realized there were so many other things that women um, feel like they're not being heard or feel like they're being dismissed, whether it's at doctor's offices or just by society in general, partially because like Laura said, uh, their taboo issues. But there's so many other things like polycystic ovary syndrome. I see like we're talking about UTIs, which for some reason, at least in the States, you're kind of just taught that like UTIs happen for uh, like very sexually active 20 year olds, you know, and you're never <laughs> like, which is ridiculous. And especially because your your chances of getting UTI increase with uh, perimenopause and menopause, like no one has ever taught that those kind of things. We really wanted to address issues where women feel like they're not being heard or they're embarrassed to talk about it
0: yeah and I think it's so important because I mean just kind of going back to the initial story as a as obviously a health coach I'm kind of just outraged by the fact that so many I appreciate that doctors aren't necessarily trained in you know they're trained in pharmaceutical drugs and and surgeries and acute treatments but, the research is out there on things like the you know like curcumin and magnesium and Mm -hmm. it's really really frustrates me to put it mildly that people are told oh there's nothing else that can be done for you and Mm -hmm. it's like oh my god there's all of these things that can be done like (laughs) what are you talking about and so you know I think it's really important that you guys are talking about these taboo subjects, and not just talking about these taboo subjects, but providing solutions where other people aren't, or other people are telling us there's a dead end, and it's there's not a dead end. Like you just you need to turn a corner. <laughs> like it, exactly. You know? yeah. I
1: mean, it's like um, I do you guys have Mydol in the UK? It's like that that has been around since forever, and it's pamperin and Mydol are sort of like the classic, I feel like pharmaceuticals that have been on the shelf for women since like the seventies and there's been no innovation whatsoever. Mm. Essentially it's ibuprofen with sometimes caffeine and that's it. And it's like, how, how has that always been the quote unquote solution for this? When, as you say, the research is out there, there are clinical trials out there on other ingredients that work. It really does feel like a lazy dismissal of um, very common pain points that we all experience because Um, you know, uh, generally period pain and endometriosis. And I see they're not terminal, Um, but I always mention this because it's, it's a quality of life issue Mm -hmm. um, that of course, you know, part of it is cultural Oh, women are supposed to experience pain and that is just uh, par for the course. But it's also just because, you know, it's, it's something that, oh, women have to deal with. And it's something with women's bodies um, when really even though technically women live, you know, roughly two years longer than men, um, we experience far less uh, you know, quality of life um yeah. than men do because of all these issues that happen. So Well, it's I was just so thinking important. like
2: as Jessica was talking about, you, you were in extreme pain for two plus years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know the NHS is a little different, you know, we don't, but like in the States, if that was the case and you were a man you would be getting tests done. Your doctors would be trying to find a solution or at least something that would help with the pain. But mm-hmm. for women, yeah, you're not at all. We I've seen TikToks where women will go in with the same exact symptoms as their husband and end up with no medication and their husbands will be given like morphine and Oxycontin to take
0: yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's research on this. There's we yeah. actually mm-hmm. tested it. It's in you know, it's it's crazy. Um, and I we could do a whole podcast ranting about it. But <laughs> I guess. I feel, I feel <laughs> like some at some point a doctor's gonna come after me. So <laughs> I need to be nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are obviously clearly really passionate about this. So I, I'd love to know what motivated you to branch into the uti support for your community and especially within the endo demographic i wondered whether you saw a need within within endo that people with endo like who you were talking to were also talking about bladder symptoms or or utis a hundred percent. Like, I think, um, I feel like
1: it's always been sort of like a selfish thing because Matt was helping me with my endo pain specifically when we made PMS and period support and something that I experienced all the time was I-, I feel lucky in the sense I didn't have any UTI symptoms, but every time I would pee in a cup at a doctor's, they'd be like, oh, you have like a low level UTI. I'd be like, what? And they wow. would just put me on antibiotics and I'd be like, okay, I guess, okay, I'll just stay on antibiotics. Knowing that wasn't like a great thing to do. But if my doctor was telling me to do it, you know, this was before I was diagnosed with endo, I didn't know it was the endo that was probably causing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course the doctors weren't investigating that. So I would just go on antibiotics. And then obviously once I was diagnosed and learning a little bit more about that connection, um, I realized like, yes, this is something that a lot of other people in the endo community face. And also outside of the endo community, it was something that resonated with a lot of people who maybe they didn't understand the pain we felt with endometriosis, but they're like, oh, I've had a UTI. And yeah, I never want to experience that again. So mm-hmm. I really want something from that. So it was interesting because I think, you know, a lot of people who have endometriosis or primary dysmenorrhea and a lot of period pain can relate to our experiences, but people who've had sort of like moderate period pain at the worst or don't have any period pain generally, which always blows my mind. It, I can tell it's hard for them to be like, Oh yeah, that sounds terrible. Like you just have really bad cramps, you know? And you're like, ah, that's not, yeah. that's not it. <laughs> yeah. Um, But they can relate to the pain that they've experienced with a urinary tract infection. So that's been interesting too. Um, And now that we've had this product for almost a year, we launched it last June, um, what's been interesting is like, as Kath mentioned earlier, the audience has definitely skewed a lot older and older, I mean, Mm -hmm. 65 plus, Mm -hmm. because again, it's something that we don't learn at any point in our lives until it happens to us, but your chances of getting Recurrent UTIs or any, you know, getting a UTI increases as you age and especially postmenopause. And that is related to estrogen levels dropping. Um, and estrogen does help us fight off some of the bacteria that um, naturally happens in our bladder. So that is why that increases. Um, and again, it's not something we're prepared for, uh, but it's something that a lot of people, as they're older, both men and women, Um, but especially women are facing. So um, even though that wasn't a result we were expecting when we launched this product, it's been very interesting and, um, you know, helpful to learn that this is something that definitely affects people too, as you get older.
0: Yeah. And I mean, obviously we've got the research on um, interstitial cystitis and endometriosis and the fairly recent research is kind of, you know, it dubbed interstitial cystitis as the evil twin of endo effect. And Mm -hmm. I think it was up to maybe potentially 80%. Um, But just kind of from your, from what you were saying, it sounded like you were alluding to some research around UTIs and endometriosis. Is there, is there any research on that yet? Um oh yeah not that I not that we
1: have seen and not that any doctor has addressed. I'm so glad you mentioned that cuz yeah I see an endo is often linked. I feel like the UTIs that I was experiencing probably could be a result of low levels sort of IC. I feel like mm-hmm. I've been lucky because I haven't had um crazy symptoms of that. I I have the frequency and that was definitely worse before my endo surgery but still even post-surgery, I think most of us with endometriosis, just your pelvis is going to have some trauma, right? From the surgery, from scar tissue. And so um, that link between um, endo and inflammation uh, before surgery and even after surgery, it makes sense to me that that, there would be that strong connection. But that's a good question. Technically, the link between UTIs and endo, I don't know. No doctor has explained that to me. And we haven't necessarily seen that in our research. That is definitely anecdotal on my part.
2: Yeah, I, I feel mean, like I it's f- very similar to like IBS too, because yeah. I still feel like there's not a lot of research there. And almost all of us sufferers can anecdotally talk about the connection. I remember talking to a gastroenterologist about IBS and telling him like I thought it was connected to endometriosis. And he looked point blank at me and was like, no, that's not it at all. And I feel like the same thing with, like, (laughs) if Lauren had talked to her doctors when she was getting these, like, chronic UTIs, you know, and had talked to them and been like, hey, this I'm pretty sure this is endo-related or or somehow, like, a comorbidity, they would not take you seriously.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, no. And And isn't it insane, too? Because it's like especially doctors are, especially surgeons, I should say, it's like literally all your organs are smushed up in your pelvis. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. a beautiful anatomical drawing where like your intestines are over around here space. <laughs> and your bladder's right here and your uterus is just sitting right next to it. You know, especially with endo and for people with dysmenorrhea, we have higher levels of inflammation in yes. our pelvis. Yeah. And then if yeah. you have IC or if you're having recurrent UTIs, um, which leads to chronic inflammation. You have a lot of inflammation in your body. So of course, if your bladder's inflamed or your um, your ovaries and your uterus are inflamed from endo or adenomyosis, like, of course, that's going to affect other things in your body. It's going to affect your intestines. If you have higher levels of prostaglandins, um, you know that are in your body, that feeds out into your intestines as well. So it doesn't make sense to me at all when doctors, especially, act as if everything's sort of this exclusive you know um there it, it it just seems bizarre to me that they like our say, organs
0: yeah. are siloed yeah yeah <laughs> like, like mental chambers they can't touch <laughs> yeah, each other exactly yeah, know, exactly ridiculous like you know from a perspective of the IBS we now have this very you know small research but We had this research that potentially up to 80% of people with endometriosis have SIBO. We also know from the research that it's now indicating on average about 60 to 70% of IBS cases are SIBO. So we're getting all of these people getting misdiagnosed with IBS in the beginning of their endometriosis journey, continuing. I mean, I just did a poll yesterday. Let me just read this out. So um, let me just get my phone up. I did a poll yesterday because it's IBS Awareness Month. And mm-hmm. I polled my audience. Um, okay, so 95% uh, struggle with endo belly, with blotin. 52% have been diagnosed with IBS. 35% suspect they have IBS. And only 13% don't have any IBS symptoms at all. So mm-hmm. it's how much of that is related to SIBO or related to pelvic floor dysfunction affecting bowel, you know, bowel movement or inflammation, Mm -hmm. all of these different things, there is a hundred percent a connection there. And then from Mm -hmm. the, you know, the IC perspective, I, when I had a conversation with, uh, Dr. Alison Seebecker, we did a, we did an interview on the IC SIBO and endo connection because SIBO and IC, so IC is a co-condition of SIBO and Mm -hmm. what they've now started to find in the research is that one of the leading bacteria involved in at least hydrogen sulfide SIBO is E. coli. What has been found in the pelvic cavity of people with endometriosis, E. coli. And what's Mm -hmm. one of the leading causes of UTIs, E. coli. So Mm -hmm. even, I mean, what's frustrating is that, you know, a a scientist will be like, well, you can't jump to those conclusions, but (laughs) it's kind of like a reasonable assumption to think that there's some kind of link here, right? Because, you know, if SIBO is, IC is already a co-condition of SIBO, and I C is also a co-condition of endometriosis. And then we're finding SIBO and 80% of the endo population. It's like, hmm, maybe E. coli is a link here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, it's just, it's very interesting. And, and I wish we knew more about it, but I think we can, there's so many factors that would cause I C, And for anyone listening, who's like, well, what are those? I will put a link in the show notes to, um, Couple of interviews about IC, but certainly from a UTI perspective, there's 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 something going on. There's 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 something yeah. going on. Um, it might not just be E. Coli. I've seen a couple of others, Klebsiella, and, and that kind of stuff that could be involved. But, um, it's it's affecting us, whether we know why. It's it's affecting us. Um, so I mean, can you tell us a bit about the ingredients in the Urine Cleanse and Protect? Because I think when you hear about UTI treatment, there's a lot about D-manos, um, mm-hmm. oregano, and your ingredients are, We've you know, we've heard of them for UTIs, but they're particularly special, you know, they're like you, you are using a certain type. So I'd love to hear about why you've chosen that and how it compares to other UTI treatments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's simple because there's only two ingredients. I feel like most of our supplements have like nine. Um, (laughs) so our urinary tract cleanse and protect has two, it's a cranberry phytosome, um, and a hibiscus extract. And, the, I, I feel like everybody, even if they haven't had a million UTIs, but are vaguely aware that, oh, yes, you drink cranberry juice if you get a UTI, which that, don't do that, especially if there's sugar in your cranberry juice. I know, juice. I was about to I, say, oh.
0: great for blood sugar. <laughs> yeah, do Ocean
1: not do that. does
2: not count as cranberry juice. Let's just make that very clear. <laughs> and if you're drinking
1: just straight up cranberry juice without any added sugar, it is really hard to swallow even like a spoonful. Yeah. So, um, Cranberries do have been proven and historically for people work really, really well to help clear out um, bacteria in your bladder. And there's a couple of reasons for that. But one thing that makes our cranberry phytosome very different from other cranberry extracts that are used in a lot of UTI products is that phytosome component. So that essentially means like each molecule of the cranberry extract is wrapped in a fat. So it's more bioavailable, which means it's better absorbed by your body. And so more of it makes it to your bladder. Oftentimes cranberry extracts are not just not bioavailable, they're also usually made with both the skin and sort of the juice of the cranberry. And our bodies can't actually absorb any of the skin of a cranberry. So our cranberry phytosome is just literally made with the juice, like a dried powdered form of the juice of the cranberry, and then again, wrapped in that fat. So mm. a lot more of it is making it to your bladder and then able to help um, pull the biofilm out of your bladder and flush it through. So that was super important to use a product that had been studied and shown to be super efficacious so that cranberry phytosome specifically They tested it against the common antibiotic that's used for UTIs, and it worked just as well, if not a little bit better in the clinical trial for people. Um, And as you were mentioning, Jessica, it's like there are different bacteria that cause UTIs or that you can have with IC. And um, so that's also, it's, you know, nobody wants to be taking antibiotics constantly if you have recurrent UTIs or if you have IC. Um, and uh, if you can do something like a cranberry that works just as well as that and is better for your body because you're not um, ingesting antibiotics all the time, that that is like the whole, the whole purpose of something that is plant-based and more effective. And we added the hibiscus in the formula as well. Um, specifically because that helps with um, preventing kidney stones. And um, the more UTIs you have, the more recurrent UTIs you have, you weaken your bladder wall, but you also increase your chances of getting kidney stones. Um, so it was really important for us to sort of like approach it from a multi-prong, um, you know, delivery system that could help with sort of both things.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I was just thinking while you were saying that, I should probably... This is is an important clarification. There are lots of specialists who are believing that embedded UTIs are a root cause for interstitial cystitis, right? Which is mm-hmm. chronic bladder pain and bladder symptoms without and without a, a kind of known cause. And it's usually a combination of things that are contributing to it, but we are seeing quite a high prevalence of hidden and embedded UTIs. I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh, that's the issue for everyone, but I mm-hmm. think it is a a large, you know, um, a large proportion of people. Um, and so that's and I've got people who have come to me, clients, um, people who are reaching out for my help, who are like, you know, I'm I'm doing a protocol with a with a specialist, a chronic UTI doctor, I've had IC for X amount of time. They have found these hidden embedded UTIs um, and they're literally on nonstop antibiotics for
2: mm-hmm.
0: one to two years. Like it, it's this wow. protocol. This is, so that's like, and and some doctors are now saying, no, we need to deliver it like um, basically through a catheter, like administered every day through a catheter. So
2: um,
0: there are some doctors who are doing that in the US, but then there are other doctors who are these people on oral antibiotics long term? And it's really, you know, I'm not an IC specialist, I'm not a bladder specialist, but it's really difficult because I will speak to some of my my kind of colleagues and doctors who are like, that's really terrible for all of their other microbiomes. And then you speak to these doctors, uh-huh. and they're like, no, 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 they don't, they don't go anywhere else in the body. They just make it to the bladder. And it's like, <laughs> who do you, you know, who do you believe? And you want, you want these people to get out of pain and to solve these UTI problems. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, Jesus, what is two years of antibiotics doing to someone's body? Um, Or like you mentioned, like if you're, because I'm guessing
2: if you're getting catheterized every day, you're self catheterizing. And then that's, that's more, you know, then you have more danger of getting other bacteria. Mm -hmm, And so it's like, it's, that's not like the, the, easy answer either. Um, And it feels like there's got to be something better. I did want to mention, we do get a lot of questions about why we didn't include D-Manus in our product. Um, And it does work. We just didn't include it because you have to take such a large volume of it for it to be effective. You'd end up having to take like multiple pills a day, whereas our urinary tract cleanse and protect, you only take one a day or up to two a day, um, or you just take it as needed.
0: And also from, um, uh, I feel like I read you guys shared a study that the, um, it's just as effective as D-manos, right? Yes, yes,
1: exactly. Exactly. And that, that's really what we were like considering is like the ease and convenience of taking something. Um, Mm -hmm. and also, I think it's great that people have other options because I know everybody, just like with Indo, everybody with IC is also different. So I know Cranberry can even be, um, uh, sort of triggering with their symptoms. And so can hibiscus. So it's great if those, if you know those things can be sort of like an acidic trigger for you, then taking D-mannose is great to have that option. Just for most people, they don't have that sensitivity around cranberry and hibiscus. And so that's why we're like, we're definitely going to go this route. We know the clinical trials are there and showing the efficacy of this. And that's that's why we stuck with both the cranberry and the hibiscus, even though everybody's bodies are obviously different. Um, but that it was important for us to, to make sure it was something we get questions a lot with our PMS and period support. Cause I personally take uh, two pills up to eight times a day. When I'm on my like worst. Eight pain times days.
2: you take 16 pills or do you mean four, four times, times a day? Four, <laughs>
1: four times a day. Thanks. Lauren.
2: Matt, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt, me and numbers <laughs> don't get along. Um, and I, a lot of people are like, that's like a lot of pills to take, even if you're not doing that daily. And so we were really conscientious when we were making the um, urinary tract cleanse and protect, we were like, okay, we want to make it as simple and easy as possible. There's smaller capsules. We know a lot of people have problems swallowing capsules. So we were just being cognizant of that too.
2: Yes. Capsule size. Like This is like a little entrepreneur insight. Luckily with all of our health issues, one of the things that Laura and I have not had issues with is swallowing pills. So when we first created the PMS and period support, we had a pill size that to me I thought was like normal. I don't, I don't know. Um, I've ne- I have never realized how many different pill sizes there are. And a huge uh, bit of feedback we got was like, your pills are giant. Like you need to make them smaller. And it was something that had never crossed my mind. And so of course we did that. Like all our pills since then have been smaller and the cranberry one is a, especially small. Um, at least I think so. I, I have learned that, I that think that's all small. relative. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing the with D-manos, thing right? Can, Yeah, exactly. With d manos, we would have had to make bigger pills and a lot more pills, but you can open up our capsules, whether it's the PMS and period support, the daily, or the urinary tract, cleanse and protect, into a smoothie or flavored yogurt or something like that um, if you don't like taking pills or you just can't swallow, which we totally understand. Um, But don't mix it in water because they are either bitter or like the the cranberry extract would be like drinking unsweetened cranberry juice if you just chop that with a glass of water. The I mean UTI we've done product. It we
1: got it out but <laughs> I I, I think that it. one that one's way easier to do because it's got the hibiscus and the cranberry even though there's no sugar so at least it's like mm-hmm. a fruity flavor definitely RPMs and period support and probably the daily there's a lot of astringent mm-hmm. taste um so we always recommend like doing a smoothie with that but if you needed to you could open the capsule and, and drink it with water
0: Okay I'm going to I'm going to try that <laughs> I'm going to try it and feedback <laughs> I mean I have no problem with the pills and to be honest having you know managing my own endo and I I have kind of my own formulations that I I take in the things that I love I if it works I'm gonna take it I don't care how many times a day Mm -hmm. I take it I've also yeah like a SIBO protocol and I've had to take like 15 oregano capsules a day and stuff so I'm I'm not kind of scared of that but I do have clients who you know, they've got like certain things like Ellis syndrome and they have trouble swallowing mm-hmm. because they have like this kind of backwards motility that causes them to right. vomit and heave and stuff. So I completely get that. And that, that makes sense, but I definitely, your, your pills are like a really good size and going back to the D-manos thing with like how much you would take also from a SIBO perspective, D-manos is like bad news. So it, it oh it actually feeds SIBO bacteria um, because it's um, it's not a digestible kind of sugar. Um, right. so the SIBO bacteria love it. So if you've got gut dysbiosis or you've got SIBO or you've got intestinal methanogen overgrowth, D mannose can actually be quite problematic. So we in our in my training course on SIBO with Dr. Alison Seebecker and with Dr. Norala Jacoby, both of them are like, you need to be really careful with D-manos, like try to avoid it. Um, unless it's all down to tolerance. If a client takes it and they're like, I don't feel a thing, then that's mm. fine. But mm-hmm. often it's going to cause like the SIBO to come out and party. And if you think <laughs> about at least from an endo perspective, the demographic, the, the kind of percentage of people who have IC, endo and SIBO, yeah. you kind of need to c- consider what you're taking. Yeah. Um, oh yeah i'm so glad you mentioned
1: that jessica because i didn't know that connection at all because we get questions a lot about demanos i mean it is interesting being a consumer product good so even though we have this like very um for me self-serving and then also within our indo community we're always thinking about what is most effective for them it's interesting that we also have this much broader community and audience of people who don't necessarily aren't used to taking lots of pills you know they're not they're not dealing with a lot of chronic issues so it's interesting to see the feedback that comes from different people and then understanding that sort of interaction too with other ingredients I'm so glad you mentioned that
0: yeah I mean I see and SIBO trying to treat those two together as a minefield and it's because a lot of the things that are needed for IC, aggravate SIBO and vice versa. So it's really, really difficult. It's one of the reasons why I've never taken d Um, So yeah, it's fun, fun ride, but <laughs> your product, <laughs> your product um, is, you know, is pretty safe. And from an IC perspective, I know you are talking about the kind of acidic properties, mm-hmm. I, react really badly to a lot of acidic foods. There's there's a lot more that I can eat now. And especially since I've been taking both the aloe vera and your and your product, um, mm-hmm. I can withstand more things now. But there are certain foods I still can't withstand. So like tomatoes, lemon, mm-hmm. lime, but mm-hmm. I don't have I mean, I would, and vinegar, I would know about it. Like if I couldn't tolerate your product, I mean, it's kind of doing the opposite. I'm tolerating more. Um, So I don't find the acidic properties to, to be bothersome at all. I'm so glad that is such good feedback to know. So obviously everyone's different, but that's kind of my, you know, my experience. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So I would really love to, because we, we've we kind of alluded to the the research, but the reason why I decided to kind of try your product again, because I was like, oh, I don't know if that was a blip, you know, this, the sample that you sent, I didn't know if that was the one thing. I saw some research about um, the effectiveness over three months. And so I was like, okay, that's bloody impressive. <laughs> um, so I would just love you to take us through that research and kind of explains my my madness as to why I'm doing this. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm taking this thing for three months and testing it out. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So um, with this clinical trial, it was actually done on um, post-catheterized hospital stay patients. I forgot oh, to mention that okay. which is interesting yes so um because it is hard to find a large group of people who have UTIs sort of at the same time so that's why the the clinical trial was done that way um mm. and a hundred percent of the participants were free from UTIs after three months which is amazing um, um that's crazy. Uh, and this is with three the, the cranberry
0: use. phytosome I exactly yes. this yes.
1: was this was a clinical trial done on the cranberry phytosome and um not just that, but even after 12 hours after the first dose, so just taking one small pill, um, 55%, there was 55% reduction in biofilm growth. So they were also monitoring that. So people do generally feel relief within the first dose of taking the UTI product. You don't have to wait for three months, Um, but obviously the results get better over time. Um, You know, if there's a 55% reduction in biofilm, which is basically, uh, in, in layman's terms, biofilm is basically like the very sticky clumping of bacteria that's causing the infection in your bladder. Um, You know, if that happens, 55% reduction happens within the first 12 hours, it makes sense that the longer you take it, um, the better the results would be. And even after the first month, uh, the participants had a much better um, urinary health score. So I'm not exactly sure what exactly they're tracking within the patient's bladder. I'm sure it must be both their biofilm, the bacteria levels, but they had a dramatically better urinary Health score than they did just four weeks prior, so it really is something that the effectiveness is great even from the offset, and then increases the longer you take it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think we when we were like trying to figure out our next product, we were debating between Lar was it the probiotic and then the urinary tract. We yeah. we knew we wanted to do both of them. And um, it was one of our suppliers. We work really closely with a supplier based in Italy. They were the ones who showed us this study for the cranberry phytosome. And Matt, since he sees it from a a scientific standpoint, he was like, this is too good not to use in a product. I can't believe other people haven't used it in a product, which is why we ended up coming out with the urinary tract cleanse and protect before our pre and probiotic that we launched just a few months ago.
0: I mean, it's really, really fascinating, especially from the the biofilm perspective, because this is like a, the biofilms are a huge, huge problem. Like, I know that like the US government are really concerned about it. Like biofilms are a massive threat to the health of humanity, essentially, because Mm -hmm. biofilms are not as, you know, they're this, it's a collection of all of the bacteria or fungi, etc but they kind of are hiding beneath this kind of mucosal layer and it makes it really difficult to um identify them. So they they might not come up in intestine because they're kind of hiding. Um and also they are protected in this layer, which makes it very hard to to treat with standard antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Um the biofilms are like this matrix. I mean uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, have you heard of Dr. Paul Anderson? No. So he is, he's big in the SIBO world. And basically he's developed this um, really amazing antibiofilm product. Um, It's uh, called, it's by Priority One, that's a company and the supplement is called um, Phase 2 Advanced, I think it is. And basically what it is, is um, a bismuth formula that is designed for Phase 2 biofilm. So he um he has these lectures that i've gone to and he explains that there's phase one and phase two biofilms and phase one is like you're trying to take down um a block of flats like or i guess you guys would say a block of apartments whereas a (laughs) phase two biofilm that's been around for longer and it's far more complex and it's like you're trying to take down a skyscraper of bacteria Mm -hmm. it's like and um it's it's far more advanced it's far more like complex and it's it's much better at like hiding and resisting the antibiotics and that's why like the kind of health authorities and organizations around the world are really worried about biofilms because basically this bacteria is just becoming more and more resistant to all of our treatments and so a lot of the what I'm really interested in is how does how does the cranberry photosome from a biofilm perspective like um, hold up against a phase two or a phase one biofilm. I, I, I don't, I don't think really we know that re- the answer to that, but
1: I don't think they don't actually even know how cranberry just generally works so well against UTIs. they still haven't figured that out. A lot of, they used to think it was the packs in the cranberries. So the pro in mm-hmm. cranberry, and they actually, um, the supplier that we used just did a study and they were like, it's not actually the packs. It might be. A um, secondary metabolite of the pack. So they don't even understand how exactly the cranberry is working to do what it's doing in the first place, uh, let alone which phase of the biofilm that it's able to tackle or if it's able to tackle. So it's really interesting because it's like uh, from, from a supplement standpoint and thinking about the history for how long cranberries have been used to help treat urinary tract infections, and knowing that obviously it does work for people and there's been clinical trials showing that this is working for people, there's still not that deep level of understanding
0: how yeah. exactly it works. Yeah, and I mean, what I'm wondering is because, you know, I know that I've had this, this bacteria, at least one of them since I was 17 and I'm now 35. And mm-hmm. I've so I've taken Dr. Paul Anderson's formula from, uh, for SIBO. I wasn't really taking it in the... Um, I wasn't taking anything for the bladder at the time. um but I, I got some really bad die off from all of the biofilms breaking oh. open. Um, so that that was working. But what is interesting is that I've had relief with yours. and now certainly, I don't know how if they could prove this, but certainly I've got phase two biofilms mm-hmm. because I've had it mm-hmm. for so long, and that's kind of how it yes. works. So I'm like, okay. Like, what's the mechanism that's going on here? Like, is it just for some reason the cranberry is suppressing my symptoms? Or, I mean, I can't, unfortunately, I can't afford to do another microgen diagnostic test because it's it's really expensive and it gets shipped from America. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's almost Mm -hmm. like 500 pounds or something like that. So I, I wish I could do a test and see what's happening at the end of these three months. Because if they're gone, I'm just like, what? Does the cranberry work on phase two biofilms? Because for the most part, most of the antibiofilms that we have available on the market don't. So it's only bismuth that I know of, at least in my training that is known for treating a, a phase two biofilms. Then you've got like black cumin, tannin, curcumin, quercetin. Um, I can't remember all of the, all of them off the top of my head. Um, they work well for phase one, but. I'm just like, oh, what's this? What's this one doing? Like, if it can reduce biofilms by 55% um, in what did you say? 24 hours. Um, yeah. What's it doing to my phase two biofilm? It seems yeah. to be working well. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm so, I'm so intrigued. I mean, like from, so when Matt was trying to explain what they do know that's happening, he uses very simple terms for me so that I understand (laughs) the science, but because essentially the bacteria that, that forms this biofilm, and I didn't know about the, the mucosis layer, Mm -hmm. but they, they are incredibly sticky and that's how they are able to attach themselves to the bladder wall and antibiotics aren't able to dislodge those. So it's like talking about dr paul anderson's analogy with with the block of flats and then the skyscraper um it sounds like to me that cranberry is able to flush a lot of the biofilm out and i i don't again i don't know what that mechanism is and how it's happening um but the other thing i wanted to mention jessica i'm not sure if this is as in depth as the um the test you were using from america but we there's another uh, femtech company that started called MyUTI. Okay. Um, they're also based out of Atlanta and they do um, personal at-home tests that you send in. Again, it's based in the States, but since you're already get ordering the tests from the States and I know they are testing across tons of bacteria because one of their big things is that most of the time the tests you're getting even from your doctor's office is not testing yeah. all yeah. the different bacteria and they are... I I want to say it's less than $200. I mean, still, I know pricey for a lot of people, but way less than 500 pounds. Um, so I don't know if that's something you want to look into, but my UTI.com, okay. that's literally what it's called. Started by women, women who are experiencing recurrent UTIs. And um, a big reason was because they, had, they weren't being tested for all the different bacteria. So they weren't being treated for the right thing.
0: Okay. I'm going to put that link into the show notes and if I can get it, I will, because I really want to see what's going on. Um, and yeah, so it's super interesting. I mean, I still have frequency. It wasn't like it was, but it's, it's still there to a degree, but that's also because I'm not, I'm not retaining like, um, my minerals. Like there's, there's a whole thing going on with that. Like I'm losing a lot of my salts and stuff like that um and mm-hmm. i also have like issues with my bladder it's not emptying properly so there's there's a lot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to play with that um but certainly from the the kind of pressure and the pain that is so so different it's it's oh that's so awesome and also like i said like my ability to eat things without getting excruciating pain mm-hmm. um you know just you know, I could have some vinegar or some tomato and that's it. I'm not going to sleep that night, you know, cause the pain oh, is, oh is that bad. So it's to be able to have that and have such milder symptoms is just, it's really interesting. I, I'm just so curious as to like what's happening. Um, so yeah, after trying lots of different antibiotics, it's, it's really, really fascinating. And this biofilm thing, like I said, for that research, when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's huge. Because that's one of the biggest problems that we have with UTIs. And the reason why they're chronic is because they, they're hiding in this kind of biofilm gang that's very hard to treat. Um, mm-hmm. And then they kind of are, you know, they're very advanced. And they can kind of embed themselves in the bladder and hide in the bladder and then come back out to play a little Mm -hmm. bit down the line when the antibiotics are gone so it's it's such a big problem that there's literally research on this like where scientists are like what the hell do we do about these recurrent utis that we just can't treat with antibiotics and so the fact that it's been shown to be this effective is is amazing and so what would you say i mean from so the, the researchers on three months so what should someone just stay should I stay on it like what do you know like what would do you just stop after three months or would you suggest staying on it long term
1: I think that's a great question if if I were in your situation Jessica I would I would stop after three months and see how your symptoms are for that month being off of it mm-hmm. but we do recommend people with recurrent UTIs specifically to just take one pill daily. It's like part of your daily supplement regimen. Um, and and that is because for UTIs, once you get one, it makes you more vulnerable to getting more. So um, even if,
2: yeah, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> Isn't that wonderful news? And also um, having recurrent UTIs, which obviously I had too, that does weaken your bladder wall. So I, it did make me think about that when you were saying like your bladder doesn't empty completely or, you know, there's other issues. It makes sense, right? If your body, if your bladder is always inflamed and sort of fighting a low-level infection or this embedded infection, that it would also weaken your bladder. So um, especially our users that are older and do have recurrent UTIs, we tell them to treat it as like a daily supplement and continue to take it daily. But I think for you, it would be interesting to see can you be on it for like a couple months and then come off of it and see how how your symptoms are doing after that because i i think as we get older and because we don't have the estrogen levels that are sort of helping fight the bacteria it makes sense you would have to sort of stay on it because you're always at higher risk of getting a uti
0: mm-hmm. um
1: so i i think i would recommend especially if you're in an, an older age range again 60 65 plus that you would you would take it daily
0: and what, well I mean, and it
2: it is so. very fast acting so if you feel symptoms coming back just start taking it again um yeah it should most people feel a difference within 12 hours of course we always have the caveat that everybody is different but um I think you get some wiggle room
0: yeah I mean obviously I've suffered with mine for a really long time and I've also got this whole there's so much going on I've got An adhesion from my scar that's sticking my Mm. bladder to like the front of my pelvis and then there's a pelvic floor dysfunction there's a nervous system there's there's so many Mm -hmm. different things so i think it took like i was i remember saying to my boyfriend like i think it's starting to ease but i don't i'm not like i want to give it another month to see so by the second month i was like oh, okay this is really really working so i am not really sure at what point it kicked in to be honest because mm-hmm. i i'm mm-hmm. always so hesitant to like believe something's working for my bladder um, yeah so but certainly by the second month i was like yeah no this is different because i know the patterns like it gets worse and worse and worse towards ovulation um wow. which there is actually research on how kind of estrogen levels influence um, interstitial cystitis and histamine mm. and, and all of that Um but it, do, do you have any kind of concern around resistance like could that if someone was taking this long term is that do we need to like rotate with something else or like take it out mm. for a while that's a good question I mean I don't
1: I I I need to ask Matt but and we can let you know if you want to include this in your show notes later yeah okay but I feel like generally with any ingredients, um, especially, uh, with supplements, there aren't probably those long-term studies, but I feel like resistance is less of a worry with a plant-based product. Um, again, I'll check that with Matt. Cause I am curious about that, but, um, and that is interesting because it's like the PMS and period support. I don't take that daily, but, and I'll, hopefully be stopping that once I hit menopause. Um, but I like my plan is to take our multivitamin the daily every single day for as long as I need it. um mm-hmm. and yeah, too. And um, so I guess in that sense, you can you can think of it like the multivitamins that we're supposed to take too. they're they're usually plant-based or mineral based um like our supplements. And as far as I know, there isn't a resistance factor like, you're thinking of an antibiotic or something like that. But again, I'll, I'll ask Matt about that and then we can, we can email you so you can include that in the show notes.
0: Yeah. The reason why I raise it is because obviously I'm, I'm trained in, in treating SIBO. And so when we treat SIBO, we're using herbal antimicrobials. I mean, sometimes we're using mm. antibiotics or the elemental diet, but we also use herbal antimicrobials um, and antibiofilms. And so um with so say I'm using oregano and mm-hmm. Antrantil, I can't. We can't use that for more than five five weeks, six weeks at the most, yeah. because th- at five weeks we tend to see the bacteria becomes resistant to that mm-hmm. um, that treatment. And so we always do two week breaks between treatment rounds, um, just to kind of confuse the bacteria. And ideally, we that... rotate as well. Um, so we would use like a different type of herbal supplement, the next treatment round, we can go back, we can do the same. So if it was going to be oregano or and antirantil, we could do the same again with a two week break, but you would have to look very closely for any signs of the SIBO the kind of climbing back up, so to speak, if that makes sense.
1: That is really interesting because I think I, I love you mentioning that too, because I think often and maybe my my previous statement was like misleading that oh if it's plants it's safe and you can take it forever that that you know um obviously herbs plants minerals extracts can be very efficacious and helpful it doesn't mean you can take all you know like vats of them and some of them do have you know side effects where you don't want to take over the amount of minerals or vitamins that you need right i yeah. i don't think there's that with cranberry and but it makes sense with SIBO and antimicrobials, specifically, and anything that is sort of acting as, as like, um, since cranberry isn't an antibiotic or isn't acting as, <laughs> I say that, and then it's like they're still not sure if they don't think it's packs. that's that's right, helping, they're right. still not yeah, sure. Yeah, with we those. don't really know, <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> we don't really know, um, but uh, I think I can understand why something like Oregon, oregano would be would be trickier and you wouldn't want to be taking it all the time. Um, but again, I'm going to check with Matt about cranberry specifically and the hibiscus too. But there are one thing to note about our supplements because they're so bioavailable, we're actually using less of each ingredient. So you're not getting a huge dose of cranberry like you would need to do if you were drinking cranberry juice or taking other supplements because it so much of it makes it to your bladder and isn't mm. just being, you know, going through your intestines. It's a lot lower levels um, than than most supplements you would be taking. That's actually the same with a lot of the ingredients we use in the PMS and period support and our daily. Um, so that's one thing to note too. You're not, I you're did not wonder taking...
2: too if it was the phytosome that makes it bioavailable, if that is why perhaps it's helping with the level two um, biofilm. I don't know because yeah. more because of it's it making it to your bladder your
0: system. That's yeah, mm-hmm. that's so interesting. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I mean, um oh, what was I going to say about this? The rotation, I can't remember. It's gone. But yeah, if you <laughs> if you can check, that would be that would be amazing because I guess there is that question mark of like, okay, is it an antimicrobial? Like, does it have antimicrobial properties, and that's why it's working? But it's obviously we don't really know, um, and we have this method with if someone is a chronic SIBO sufferer then um obviously throughout their life they're gonna have to do sort of some rounds of treatment like maybe once a year or something like that to try and keep it at bay and I I mean hopefully this isn't the reality for me but that might be the reality that maybe I'm gonna need to do three months of <laughs> this supplement um every now and then to keep to keep this up at- bay or to kind of get it out of my system. Um and so it's just kind of interesting to think like how how I should do that. Um and I mean something that I did think about. I wondered whether I was going to have die off when I when I took it because Mm. I didn't know the mechanism. Um but obviously with SIBO we're always we always have to caution people about die-off, which is an inflammatory reaction that occurs as the bacteria die in. But I didn't get any die-off, so that's an interesting sign that maybe it isn't a. It's not that it has an antimicrobial action that's killing, mm-hmm. like actively killing. But it's like what you were saying, um, Lauren, that it's kind of like sh- it's it's f- shifting it. It's like pulling it away from the bladder wall, and then and so you're peeing it out, you know, which is kind yeah. of a less. I guess it's kind of a less aggressive <laughs> aggressive exactly tactic. that's
1: yeah that totally makes sense and that that would make yeah I feel like it is different from a die-off that you would have intestinally mm-hmm. versus it essentially flushing your bladder yeah if that makes sense yeah so you can... actually I just I was while while you were talking I was asking Matt I'm giving him little sticky notes. I'm like, can you become resistant to cranberry or hibiscus? And his first thing uh, he said was no. Um, Now he's handing me a sticky bag. Um, (laughs) You can't become resistant because it doesn't kill the bacteria. The gut, it just washes it out. So yes. So that that's a good distinction. Like, um, unlike the antimicrobials that you'd use for SIBO, it's not actually killing the bacteria, it's just getting rid of it.
0: Okay, so that's super interesting because I mean if you if you needed to go like all guns blazing, <laughs> um, <laughs> you could come do something like a combination of oregano, which is a treatment for um UTIs. So you can use oregano, especially for something like E. coli. Um mm-hmm. and but you would be need you would need to work with a practitioner to avoid die-off. Um but imagine that kind of super combo of like cranberry washing it out and then oregano also kind of making sure that stuff is dying as well in case you know in case you've got very complex case, which we do know is is very possible. Um mm-hmm. that would be that would be an interesting I'm just going to experiment on myself after I do this three months (laughs) I'm going to do oregano and cranberry, see what happens um but okay that's that's really helpful thank you um and I mean to wrap up I just I don't know what you you think about this you might you might not have an answer but for example with the desert harvest formula um Mm -hmm. that is working on kind of repairing the bladder lining uh kind of repairing that mucosal layer that's there as well. Um and that's been, I can't remember the clinical trials of that, but I will link that to the show notes on how effective it is. And then there's quercetin, which at a thousand milligrams um a day was shown to alleviate pelvic pain in um unfortunately it was men with interstitial cystitis. Um hmm. But, well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Why I know, they just I know. Men? Well, there's like a 90% lot. 90% of people with IC,
2: aren't they women? Isn't that like a huge majority is women, right? I
0: don't actually know what the stat is on that, but most of the studies on IC are on men. What? Yeah, 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 uh, I know. So, uh, um... Sorry. So quercetin works. I I have found um, quercetin helpful. It wasn't really enough on its own. Um, Mm. Like the combination of aloe vera and quercetin, I found really effective. But um, I've just got in my mind now this kind of, because I've tried them all separately. I've tried the aloe vera and quercetin together. I'm like, what would happen (laughs) if I tried cranberry quercetin and aloe vera together? And (laughs) hey, like let's throw in oregano and like Paul Anderson's (laughs) phase two biofilm, (laughs) biofilm. Like that could be this like, Yeah, just this kind of super army against a really heavy embedded UTI, which I mean, there are really, really serious cases of these chronic UTIs. Like I said, there are people who are taking antibiotics for two, even three years um, because these these, uh, biofilms are so difficult to treat. So I just wondered, what did you think about pairing it with other types of bladder support that could be maybe... um, approaching the UTI from a different angle so for example the quercetin is calming down the inflammation and the bladder pain the the aloe vera is rebuilding the bladder wall I just wondered what your thoughts were on that
1: yeah I like I love that question because we get a lot to um I know we're talking about using supplements outside of some main supplements but generally speaking you can sort of stack your supplementation especially with the cranberry and hibiscus yes you can totally add the quercetin to it um, and add the aloe vera, there shouldn't be an interaction. That would make sense that those, your trifecta, or if you add the Dr. Paul Anderson protocol to it too, <laughs> that um, that could really, really help. Or if somebody is experiencing, um, you know, like irritation and bladder symptoms and they want to try the quercetin first and the aloe vera, and then try our urinary tract cleanse and protect. I think since Jessica, you have tried all of those things basically individually and know how they work for you, stacking them totally makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, And that is also one reason why it's good to know that because uh, we use this phytosome formulation for the cranberry. And so there's less of an ingredient. You're not, oftentimes I think people can, uh, supplements can be really hard on people's digestive tracts, which yeah. makes sense because they're not, Being absorbed ingredients are basically your body's like, this is too much of this one thing. This is too much um, vitamin C. You know, often people Mm -hmm. take like vitamin C tablets. Um, Your body's just going to expel it. So it's going to go straight through your intestines. Um, anything with a phytosome is going to make that a lot gentler. Like Kath was saying, we both have IBS symptoms and have had for a long time. None of the main supplements we take ever cause any gastric distress. And that is because they are more bioavailable. So you're, you're needing to take less of the ingredient and the ingredient itself is actually getting absorbed into your body and being used, um, So that's just something to note too. If somebody is thinking about like, I want to try lots of different things together. Um, that's when the quality of the supplements really does make a difference because, uh, you want to make sure that they're actually doing something in your body rather than you just basically paying for very expensive bowel movements.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think too. Um, we encourage uh, supplement stacking of our own supplements because we do make sure our supplements all work together. And mm-hmm. we have a lot of customers who take our PMS and period support along with our urinary tract cleanse and protect for all the reasons we've already discussed here. Um, and our PMS and period support does have quercetin in it. Now, it's not mm-hmm. anywhere close to a thousand milligrams. I think it's like 100 for one dose, which is two pills. Um, but it's that's a very common combo for our customers.
0: Okay. Amazing. Um, And I just want to wrap up lastly on, because I, I heard you say this at the beginning, but I just wanted to clarify. So we can take up to two a day of, of this pill?
1: Yeah. So especially people who are experiencing symptoms, you know, it's not just trying to prevent UTIs or, you know, it would be different with IC. Um, One capsule every 12 hours is what we suggest. Um, If you're taking it daily, you can just take one every 24 hours and I did get clarification from Matt that um, most people wouldn't have to take this forever. so once you are cleared of your UTI, let's say it takes three months, you've been taking it for three months, you shouldn't have to keep taking it. I do think the caveat again is uh, for you Jessica having like a very deep um, embedded uh bacteria could make that a little trickier. Um, and then also if you are older, and you are just going to be more prone to UTIs, what Kath was suggesting is like, take it for three months to clear out the UTI you have, wait and see. But if it mm. feels like it works better for you to take it as a daily, go ahead and take it daily.
0: Okay. Awesome. And um, do you know what the dose was that they used in the study? Is it, do you, did you guys replicate it? Is it the same dose or?
1: Exactly. We used the same dose of cranberry that they used in
0: the study. Okay. So if it was two pills a day it would be at the same dose or just one pill a day it would be the same dose
1: Ah, oh, that's a good question i don't know the clarification on the study because they obviously tested people every 12 hours because they were testing the biofilm every 12 hours but i'm not sure if they gave them a second dose at 12 hours it was just
0: the the segment that they were testing um okay so your your single pill is the dose that they used, though exactly Okay. Yes. All right. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'm just going to basically be a geek and just do lots of experiments on myself and then I'll tell you. Let us how know goes. how it goes. <laughs> yes, please. Love I'm it. so excited. I love it. If I can get, if I can get another bladder test, I, I will, because it will, I mean, it would be good for me to just know that these fuckers are gone. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can people find you and try your products?
1: Awesome. Yes. So, SemaineHealth.com. Semaine is spelled S E M A I N E. And we butcher it. That is a French word uh, for the week. <laughs> um, but, SemaineHealth.com and then at SemaineHealth on Instagram. We're most active there, but we're also getting active on TikTok. So, that's at Semaine underscore TikTok. Uh, at Semaine underscore health. Um, And then as far as finding our products, we really wish it was super easy to order internationally. It is doable, but we're trying to figure out ways to make that less expensive. But you can order from our website. Um, For people in the States, we're available at um, HEB, which is a grocery chain in Texas, where our PMS and period support is available at Walgreens. And all of our products are available through Thrive Market.
0: I mean, you guys are just everywhere in the States. It's bloody incredible. We're we're trying and we are really trying for the UK too. You have some wonderful listeners
2: that have reached out to us and they're like, you need to be in UK stores. I'm like, we are trying. So we have not given up. And my hope is as, as we expand in Walgreens, you know, Walgreens and Boots Mm, are the same company. So that would be a dream come true if we could get into Boots.
0: Yeah. I mean, boots are kind of like the, the, they're a bit overpriced to be honest. I, but, yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> so they, honest. they are like the number one kind of like go-to place for pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. So that would be amazing if you, if you got in there. Um, okay. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to have geeked out with you guys about this, um, about this product, because like I said, I think it's really hard to find a product that treats UTIs and um, doesn't kind of, piss off SIBO because there's also that other thing of like okay well I've got active SIBO and I don't really want to take something like oregano for my UTI because then it's going to start killing mm-hmm. my SIBO and I'm going to get die off and blah blah, blah. so <laughs> you know it, I think it's just it's just amazing that you guys have created this and like you said it's like why has no one else why has no one else done this yet so yes um yeah <laughs> thank you so much oh thank thanks you, so Jessica. much for having us Jessica so that's it thank you so much for listening if you want to find out more about what I do, or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com, and. You can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world